Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Kiss My Curvy Assets, the podcast where we drop truth bombs, hit tough conversations, bring some sassy, raw, real topics, and some badass fun. I'm your host, Lori Mort. Let's journey together on this roller coaster ride set to empower us, enlighten us, invigorate us, energize us, and just help us keep rocking our bodies and rocking our lives. Janine Jericho is an international headliner and has maintained top feature showgirl status within the adult club industry for over the last decade. She's won over 80 awards in her career, with 30 being in the last three years alone. Some of her most recent accolades have included Best Feature Showgirl from Night Moves Magazine Awards, Exotic Angels Performer of the Year, and Miss Exotic Showgirl. She's also won World Ultimate Entertainer, Battle of the Champions, Canada Grand Champion, Universe Performer of the Year, and two-time Miss Nude World Entertainer of the Year. This has made her a staple and one of the most sought-after artists to date. She has performed in nine countries worldwide with multiple tours throughout Australia each year demonstrating that she is currently one of the most sought-after entertainers in the world. She possesses specialty skills that include aerial acrobatics, fire play, circus arts, flow arts, veil fans, advanced pole dancing, coupled with her high-energy dance style, elite costumes, props, and most importantly, her ability to connect with an audience. This has added her to being billed as one of the top entertainers in the industry. She has had several publications and her most current feature in Pinup Culture Magazine, Wild Vixens Magazine, she's graced the cover of Night Moves Magazine, and she was on the film sets of Supergirl, The 100, The Arrangement, and River Girl. Janine Jericho has also been a special guest on a variety of radio talk shows throughout North America. She's been featured in the documentary called Naked Justice that is near completion that tells a story on what it takes to be an elite showgirl and an inside look into the industry. Yeah. Jericho. Now I'm calling you Jericho, but Janine Jericho. And what do yes. you what do you like <laughs> to be called? Because I'm calling you what I call you because you're one of my best friends. Yes, exactly. And you know what? I think I I don't mind either. Um, I find that people who call me Jericho are people who know me personally like you and that are close to me. Um, people who call me Janine, they might be in my friend's circle, but usually it's industry related. Mm-hmm. However, Tylee's kids call me Janine because that's what she introduced <laughs> me as. <laughs> Well, you answer answer to both, right? It's like, yeah, I do. I do. I do answer to both. I do answer to both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you use use Janine Jericho as your stage name. And we're going to we're going to talk about that part of the industry. But let's go back. Let's go way back. Let's go to where you first got into because the industry as a performer can be so many different things. And you started as a performer singing in the music. Yeah. That's right. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I, st- I actually started as a dancer, as a showgirl. Mm-hmm. And then I had left the dancing industry to pursue music. Mm-hmm. 
and you joined a girl band. Was that the first? Because you were in a really successful girl band for a while. Yeah, so what happened was um, a girl that I had worked with, who was my previous duo partner when we first started dancing together, said that she knew a, a studio owner that wanted to put together a girl group and did I want to go for an audition? And she said, you know, I, I can't sing, but my friend Jericho, she's got a great voice. And he's like, okay, well, come on down. And he's like, yeah, we're holding auditions. They had an ad in the newspaper for the auditions. And then her and I went in for the interview and the audition and sold him on the spot of putting the girl group together. So we just had a really good dynamic energy together. And because her and I were already performing and doing shows, we were able to give him the vision of an all girl group. And what we said was, this would be like Kiss meets the Spice Girls. We want to be, you know, put on that big showmanship, girl power, but we also want to come from the grassroots fundamentals of rock bands where, you know, you're writing your own music, you're cultivating your own fan base from the ground up, not just being a recording artist. And he really connected with that vision. So he gave us the project to put together a girl band. So her and I had held auditions and we ended up putting a girl group together. And over five years, I went through 15 replacements, but in the, I know, right. Trying to get a group of women to try and work together. It's like herding a bunch of cats into a bathtub. <laughs> it's, a concept, though. it's a really exciting concept because I'm like a, a major hardcore fan of like the bangles, the go-go's, yes. right? but you know, Susanna Hoffs, so you've got Belinda Carlisle where that you look like a great dynamic, but they did all break up because eventually you've got the female group <laughs> dynamic, right? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And like, I mean, yeah, there, I could write a book on all the issues that we had gone through. But then um, when I got more serious, see, before I was kind of treating the girl group like a slumber party. I wanted everybody to have fun and everything to be fair and everyone to have the same amount of lines in the song to sing and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I had been burned a few times by girls in the group. And then the last time was when we signed a production deal with a producer and then the producer behind my back were, was offering each girl solo albums, solo contracts. And then he did offer me, he, me a solo contract too, but I didn't know that this was happening behind the scenes. And he was like, you know, Jericho, you're writing all the music. You're like you know, a one man show. Why don't you just sign this solo deal? And I'm like, my vision is the all girl group. Like there isn't one right now. Spice Girls had broken up. For a few years and there just was nobody filling that gap and I really was passionate about it and I said no and then the next week I found out that the other girls signed the solo deals and I'm like okay you signed a solo deal to sing this guy's songs on his album which all the money from the songwriting goes to him you're nothing but a pretty face singing his music and you're not getting paid for it I'm like okay you guys maybe perhaps this is karma one way or the other so I was completely disheartened. But after that, I just thought I need to be super um, business-like. And I know that I don't want to do a total plug for Donald Trump, but I, I read his book called How to Get Rich and what it was based on was business and how to run a business. And I'm not political here. I'm from Canada. So peace, you know, <laughs> I just want to throw that in there. 
That's the one thing but, on the show I said I'll never talk about is politics because I'm not left, I'm not right, I'm just exactly. <laughs> You're just in the, yeah. We're just we're all about the peace. But I do want to say that his reading that book and it was based on business completely changed my perspective on how I needed to run my band. And I did everything in his book, like I hired people based on their attitude over skill. Like I would have a girl who could sing, who may not be the best singer, but her attitude was so awesome that I'm like, okay. Cause before I would just hire girls that had the best voice, but the best voice comes, comes attitude. And he said that people with, um, great personalities can learn the skill. And he's like, but people with the skill can't always change their personality. And I thought that was excellent. So then I, I chose these girls who were good singers, but they had awesome personalities. And then I finally had that final four. And that was the final four that I had all the epic successes with. When, once I took things to a professional level, I put everybody on contract and then just made it way more business opposed to just personal and fun. Well, and I feel like you, you do that with all of your career. doesn't matter what you're doing as a performer. I feel like you go back to that. This is still a business. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. And, and that's where too, when people will say to me, you know, is Jericho a stripper? And I, and I will say, no, Jericho is a businesswoman who is a showgirl. And there's a difference. There's a big difference between getting on stage and taking your clothes off and being the girl that gets up there and puts on a show, knows the business behind it, has almost a business plan because I've watched you. I've known you for 13 years. <laughs> I'm usually quick to rally around the stripper comment when people will say, well, isn't Jericho a, a stripper? And no, it is so much more than that. But I think that the stigma in the industry is that girls are just getting on stage and taking their clothes off. And I've watched you evolve into it just, you're, you're a giant to me now, because I can't believe some of the things you've done that are so much more than even just being a showgirl. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like I it, agree. And you, and it is, and it is funny because sometimes I will see like the meme, there's a stack of money and you know, um, I call them civilians who are not in the entertainment industry. I'm like, Oh, a civilian will post a meme that with a stack wad of cash saying, well, I could be a stripper, but I have principles. And I'm like, but no, you couldn't. I'm sorry. Not you, you might be able to go on stage and take your clothes off, but it does not mean you'll be good at it and that you could make any money that you could make a dollar. <laughs> it doesn't. And, and even connection with the audience. Like I've seen. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Yeah. Huge, huge. It's mm -hmm. a lot more than again, just being topless on stage or like, and that's, I actually get very passionate about it. And I'm not even a showgirl or in that industry. It's just because I understand it so well. And I think because I've watched you in the industry and I've seen all that you've done on so many levels, you can definitely take it beyond that. Sure, you can be the girl that just, you know, shows up for work, punches in and out and dances on stage, but you're not going to last very long in the industry. And that's where we're also coming down to. You've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten better and better and better and better instead of sometimes where you see the girls burn out and they, it, it was time to hang it, hang it up. Absolutely. Yeah, you're totally like, I'm still so very passionate about it. And I have been a catalyst for ageism clearly. Like, I mean, I have demolished any stigmas around that 
because I'm still one of the highest paid and most bookable and bankable features in the industry. And I mean, I would say 15 years ago or so, a dancer would be put out to pasture once she hit about 25. You know, kind of like the modeling industry or even acting. Entertainment as a whole with women when it comes to ageism have always, you know, had hangups about it and would say, oh, you know, a woman's losing her sensuality or beauty, blah, 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 by the time she hits 25. And that era is now over. And women, I find, are, you know, stepping into themselves. And so is society now seeing all of these women saying, wow, you actually are becoming sexier and more enhanced. You know, it's not limiting unless you allow it to be. Like, I mean, there are some women who will allow the whole ageism thing to limit them. And that's, that's only their belief system. I believe, I don't believe in those types of limits. Mm -hmm. Do you share your age? Do you, do you share with people how old you are? I don't. And I just, because I don't want to make it an element that's important to me, age is not important to me. I don't care about it. And I also find that people do get hung up on a number. Like you give them a number and then they just can't like leave the number alone. And I much rather have people talk about my show and what they enjoyed opposed to, Oh, you look great for blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I, I, to me don't like to make age relevant. So I don't even like to talk about it. I will. I mean, I'm empowered. I'm very happy with where I am in life. I feel like I'm better now than I've ever been, but to me, it's just not important. So I just rather not even make it something to discuss. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's just one of those things where I've I've known you for 13 years and we met we met in the fitness industry, which we'll go into a little bit as well. But you're hotter now than when I met you years ago. <laughs> well, that thank you. That was 13 years ago. But I also feel like your personality has evolved where I've gotten to know you better. And once once you get to know someone better too, which I know you do with your shows, you get to know your audience. You do. Absolutely. Um, yes. They become more attractive to you as well. Like I do think that that light just shines even brighter when the person just knows you're just a friggin' fantastic soul. Like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. Like I would even say that in this, um, I would say like the last, like since reality TV even started to become more of a thing, um, a person's person, like a showgirl or a dancer's personality has become much more important where before you could be a total bitch and go on stage and have a really great show and still be booked and nobody would care because there was that fantasy or mystique, even though you were, you know, a very terrible person to deal with. However, things have shifted. And now if you are not a nice person and you you don't respect your customers or the people coming in to see you or the people that you are working with, you will not be booked. So you have to be great on and off the stage, which I think is awesome. I think that's how it should be. It's digging deeper. You're getting internally with someone rather than just their appearance. Yeah, absolutely. Like people will not come and support um, an entertainer who is not a good person as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and back to the fitness industry, um, we met because I became your fitness coach for fitness competition. And you, I know. <laughs> you were in the fitness industry as well. And I often joke that I've been a performer my whole life. I've been in the fitness industry for 29 years. 
as an aerobics instructor, I would get on stage and, and I would warm up like Madonna with my little headset on. And I would sometimes have a hundred people in my classes in Vancouver. And I would say, I'm a performer. I'm there to perform. I'm there to connect with my audience, which was my participants. I agree. And a thousand percent. As a, fitness coach, as a fitness coach, we do that. I feel like we are still performing for our clients. We're there to not give them a show per se, but we're there, we're performing, we're putting on a bit of a show. Yeah, you're putting on a show and you also want to inspire them, right? So that, you know, you're flowing that energy to inspire everybody that is coming in to do your class and take it up to the next level. So I definitely think so. Well, and I would think everyone, not that I'm a great dancer or anything, but I, I always wanted to be a performer. And, and my friends in high school, when I was teaching aerobics classes, would joke that I was going to be a showgirl. That's what Lori's going to do. And I mean, back then, <laughs> that, there was a bit of a cloud on that. And I'm like, well, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. But that's why I'm so inspired by anyone who's doing anything on stage or anything in front of people because I get it. I get what it's like to, to be on and I get what it's like to be creative and talking about creative for you. Some of your routines that you do are beyond levels of anything else that others do. And when I was yes. bio, yeah. I could not believe like I knew what you did in terms of transformers in trans in terms of frozen in terms of Batman, but the fire, the acrobatic, like the aerials how did you inspire yourself to keep evolving and keep doing that all the time because you you have a huge roster of things that you can do yeah um well you know what it started it started in australia actually because um i was always a classic old school showgirl where I believe that you should be able to walk on stage and command an audience in a paper bag. You don't need to have a specialty skill to be able to go on stage and be and command an audience. So I had that mindset and then pole started to become a thing. Like everybody started to do pole tricks. I'm like, I'm never going to learn pole because I think that you, that is a disconnection from the audience. You get into your own head and it's just not something I want to do. But then I met an Australian girl who was fabulous at pole, but she couldn't dance. And the owner of the venue wouldn't let her go on stage. And she was like, can you teach me how to dance? And I said, okay, as a trade, how about you teach me some pole tricks and I'll teach you how to dance and command an audience. And let's see where it goes. And then I posted on my Facebook. Facebook was still pretty new at the time. I said, um, I'm going to learn some new pole stuff. So when you guys come in and see me on the weekend, I'm going to do these little pole tricks that I'm learning. And then my audience came in because in Australia, the customers are kind of cultish. They come in, they're super regulars. So they came in and they were eager to see these pole moves that I had just learned. And then I did these pole moves and everybody freaked out. And I'm like, oh, wow, the audience really likes this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I kind of like this stuff because I'm, I'm athletic. So it actually made me feel um, strong and sexy. And that's where the specialty skills started to take place. So then I started to learn more advanced pole. And then I saw aerials. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind learning how to do hoop. And then I was better on hoop than I was on pole, even though I had done pole for a few years. I just picked up aerial hoop. and then 
Bale fans. And then I'm like, I want to learn fire. Like it just was a constant. Yeah. You know, I would just see people do things and I would be inspired by what I saw, you know, and it wasn't always other dancers, but I would see other artists like on the beach with fire, you know, flow artists, circus people. And I'm like, I wonder if I can incorporate that into my show and if my audience would respond because before it was more of a striptease. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm actually becoming way more of an entertainer. And, and then when I started to do this stuff for the crowd, they just loved it and ate it up. And then people would come back with their friends. And then I started to see the following build up and I'm like, okay, people are loving this. So I'm on the right track and I'm having so much fun doing it at the same time. It's tough on the body, though. I mean, I remember when you would check in with me, you would have bruises all over you. And I would be like, <laughs> what in the world is happening? And I mean, anyone who's tried pole dancing before, because I have tried a pole dancing class, and I'm so glad that it was never video recorded and there's no documentation of it. <laughs> what? Why I'm, not? I'm a <laughs> soft person. And I honestly thought I would just whip myself around that pole and it would be easier than can be. It was the hardest thing I've ever tried in my life. And when I've watched <laughs> some of your stuff, I'm like, how in the world you put your body through hell and back again, but it becomes easy to you. Like it, 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 yeah, it does. You're meant to do it. You're meant to do it for sure. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I think that because I'm so healthy and I keep my body in optimal shape, like I take care of it from the inside out. I also see a massage therapist twice a month for maintenance. Like I am on top of taking care of myself and that has a lot to do with why I can do what I can do still. And with, you know, no injuries, knock on wood, you know, I, I actually see girls that are, you know, in their twenties that have a lot of problems physically with their bodies. And I'm like, you need to take care of yourself because your body is not a card that you can trade in every 10 years. So, I mean, if you have an injury, you need to let it heal. And I'm like, and then you need to see a massage therapist just to make sure everything internally is healing the right way. I'm like, if you are good to your body, your body will be so good to you. You do a lot of yoga too, right? So you're not yeah. doing your strength training and your cardio and all your activities. You make sure that you add that element as well, which is super important, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking yeah. of injuries, again, I'm never phased. I'm never phased when you tell me what your next chapter is. I remember <laughs> Years back when you became a stunt woman. <laughs> I know. And when you said to me, I'm going to be a stunt woman, I mean, I'm not phased. I'm like, of course you're going to be a stunt woman. This is great. <laughs> and you would get lit on fire and I would yeah. be watching videos and going, yeah. And everyone else would be shocked. And I would go, yeah, no, that's Jericho. And yeah. how was that experience? Because there's a performer as well. As much as stunt people are not the face, they're the face that's stepping in for the actor you're performing, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff. You have to throw yourself yeah, down. Yeah. I, I actually, I know. Yeah. I threw my staff. Yeah. Down, down lots of stairs. I've been hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know what? I actually really do love acting, but I just found the audition process to be tedious, grueling. I really hated the audition process. And a friend of mine was in the film industry and he's like, with all your specialty skills, you should try getting into stunt work. I'm like, Ooh, it's physical. I'm like, I am an adrenaline junkie, you know, safely calculated, but, um, I really love that idea. So then I did the stunt program and yeah, it was just right up my alley. And then, um, you know, I, I really loved 
Yeah, because you're right. I do love all that. I'm a very physical person. I love being in my body and being super physical and challenging myself to do, you know, crazy things, you know, falling from, you know, 20 feet or whatever it is. (laughs) And um, then I was on set and I was on lots of sets like uh, Supergirl, The 100, Riverdale, all of those because, you know, being in Vancouver, it's like a mecca for television films but it was so boring because you're paid to wait and I can remember on Supergirl I was on I was um in holding for like four days before even being asked to do anything you know so just sitting there for 12 hours a day and you know being fed you know constantly which wasn't a bad thing but I'm like okay I'm just gonna get fat eating on the set and you have <laughs> to be quiet you're a performer, a performer that's not getting to perform right it's almost- exactly and then yeah and then and then when I finally got to perform they wanted me just to run in stilettos and I'm like well I can do walkovers in stilettos I'm like don't you want me to do something like big and exciting and light me on fire <laughs> exactly so I did the stunt stuff and um the movie and film industry for four months before I was kind of over it I'm like okay I do really love it but if I if, if it were exciting but it just wasn't like the 100 actually was one of my favorites only because I was doing a battle scene so every time I was going into work we were doing a battle scene every day and I'm like okay this is totally what I love but that was the only experience everything else was just here being paid to wait and I'm like and then what happened was at that when I was getting to that point of being burnt out because also doing 12 to 16 hour days back to back in the film industry like every single day is like that then the opportunity to come back into the dancing industry resurfaced and at that point I was actually thinking about retiring like that I was moving into film and then I also thought I might settle down so Every year, every year, you told me every year, this is the year. And I was like, yep. And then we would have a conversation of, I don't think this is the year because this opportunity is being dropped in my lap. And you would read the universe of, I guess, this is the universe telling me I'm supposed to do this or, or this. And I loved that because it was like, no, you'll know if it's time or if it's not. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when it's, you know, when it's not, I feel like you're going to be you know, you feel like you're breaking your soul in some way, or you're dimming, like it's grueling to be continue to, to do whatever you're doing. You're not being authentically yourself or real. It's not to say that like, sometimes you do have to take a step to get a few steps ahead. Like I think Oprah said something like you have to do what you can do before you can do what you want to do. So I do believe in that philosophy. However, you do also have to read the signs of when your time is done and when it's time to move on, move into something else. And for the stunt stuff, I was kind of feeling a bit burnt out and a little bit less inspired. And then the opportunity to go do Miss Nude World in Denver had surfaced. And I really wasn't into doing another contest. I'm like, I really don't want to compete. I'm not in that frame of mind. And then they offered to pay all expenses. And then the GM of the club, you know, personally invited me to come down because I had, you know, done so well. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll come down. I'm going to have fun. It'd be great to see everybody again. But then I did that contest and walked away with 12 titles and just killed it. And then from there, the momentum started to pick up because then I was invited to do another huge 
contest, actually the biggest one in the United States, which is called the EDIs. And, um, and then from there was the Gentleman's Expo. And then I was performing four shows, which usually is not common for a feature to do. Usually if there's a feature, she'll do one event at the expo, but I was like performing at four different places. And then the agents down there were like, there's a place down here for you, Jericho, if you want to come here, because there's nobody like you. And we have clubs that are asking to book you. So if you go for your U.S. work visa, there's a lot of work down here for you if you want it. And I'm like, oh, we're the, so we're the second, second showgirl to ever be given a work visa for that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That doesn't happen every day. No, because I mean, the application process is very thorough and it's very difficult. Like, I mean, you have to prove that you're elite above everybody else. Like the visa I have is an OB1 visa. So it's extraordinary ability within the arts, being an elite entertainer and being at the top of your industry. And you have to give them a lot of supporting evidence of of being elite and then lots of recommendation letters and just lot you just have to prove that you're not taking a job away from an american citizen that's amazing that's i didn't know that i didn't know that it wasn't i thought it was a little bit more easier than that that's awesome oh heck no heck no it's not at all or you know so many more ladies would be doing it because coming down to the united states and working is like that that's kind of like the golden ticket like everybody prays and hopes for the american dream i guess you can say so everybody wants that to happen um but it's definitely not an easy feat and i can appreciate and respect that for sure and so now your career boomed again it, it hit the biggest boom ever and and stayed in that <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just like, for a while <laughs> and i mean we've gone from dance you know dancing that it part of the industry we went fitness you've been the stunt woman you've went back to the industry of being a showgirl again and now you're taking another route and again once again when someone said to me did you hear what jericho's doing i was not phased by this at all and that is wrestling yes and now backstory for me i'm a hardcore fan of wrestling. i grew up watching wwf at the time Miss Elizabeth was the only woman that you would see. You would never see any other women. I knew every single wrestler's name. I never missed a show. To this day, I am fan obsessed with Total Divas. I know all of the female wrestlers. People I are shocked it. by this. And I'm like, how are you shocked? I trained with the Hart family when I lived in Calgary. All the boys love them to pieces. And so when I heard you were doing this, I was super jealous, number one, but I was not <laughs> I was not shocked. Tell me how the, how did this fall into your lap? Not that I'm super shocked. I love you. But um, how this fell into my lap was my duo partner, who is Tylee Texas. She is connected to Teddy Hart, the wrestler from the Hart Foundation, like the Hart family that you were just speaking of. And she was kind of valeting for him. And then he has, you know, had is some issues that he's had to work through that I'm sure everybody knows about. And that was put on the back burner. And then Tylee and I started working together and doing an acrobatic duo team, showgirl stuff. Also is something innovative and newer. And um, Teddy Hart had said, I'd love to incorporate you guys into my show, like into me coming back into wrestling for my comeback. And he is 
a phenomenal talent. So after watching his videos and stuff, I'm like, okay, he is a step above a lot of what I've seen wrestling doing over like the last even five years. Like he's, he, he does have that potential to be iconic if you want it to be. And I'm like, okay, well, despite some of the other stuff I've heard, let's take a shot and I'll talk with Teddy. And I said to him, um, I'm not going to be the girl walking behind you carrying a cat. <laughs> um, I'm like, if you want to, you want to incorporate us into your, you know, into what you're doing, then that is fine. I actually love wrestling because I also grew up, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho <laughs> Man, Randy Savage, you know, I, I'm like, I, I like it, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to be that woman. I'm like, but I'll be the woman that, you know, is a Tylee and I can be doing some crazy flips and fire and we can be the introduction to the ring. And he loved that idea because he's also acrobatic. So he, so we all started talking about it. And then from there, when other people in the wrestling world heard about us, Fire and Ice, and what we were doing, it has now created a little bit of a buzz. And we've had other opportunities present themselves. And so we're totally moving in that direction. And her and I already do like a lot of flips and stuff like that so it, it almost seems like a natural progression and not and also I would say that wrestling and showgirl like I mean it almost is hand in hand like they're very similar industries very much yeah very much so even the fitness industry you see a lot of fitness absolutely for that yeah it's very much like right there and so now you did wrestling training as well like you've actually you've you've went, you've really started to learn the ropes, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, your- on the ropes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the wrestling ring ropes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, again, you're taking your stunt woman stuff. I, I laughed because you, you've got all of that skill already. Like, like you said, they said to you about falling, you're like, I can, you can drop me down the stairs. Like, I'm so used to this. Well, like- yeah, it was, so, it was kind of cute. Cause when I went into the ring for the first time, you know, they were kind of handling me with kid gloves, you know, oh, here's this like dusty blonde coming in. And sure, she looks a bit athletic, but you know, she's a showgirl. <laughs> and then I rocked it out and I'm falling all over the place. And like, you know, they're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Girl's not afraid to bruise. <laughs> she's okay. not afraid to bruise. Yeah, she's not afraid. I'm like, oh, yeah, bruises are, you know, second nature. <laughs> and so now you're still doing all the showgirl stuff you and your partner you're doing the duo which is amazing you're evolving you knew that part of the industry hadn't seen that for a long time and you brought that there's that business sense again of knowing i've got something that no one else has absolutely like well it was our covid baby because Tylee and I, while I was mentoring her i started to mentor her to become a feature entertainer and I just said to her, we were having so much fun during one session. I said, can I try some moves with you? I said, I used to have a duo when I was a baby dancer way back in the day. And we used to do these moves, which you would now call acro yoga, which it was non-existent back then. And well, it might've been existent, but it's not like how it is now. And I said, I used to do moves with her and I just want to see if I can lift you and do stuff with you. And she's like, sure, I'm totally in. Cause Tylee's just, she's all on board all the time. And, and we worked so well together. She could do everything that I said and giving her instructions and stuff. And I'm like, 
you know, the industry hasn't seen a strong duo team for probably 15 to 20 years. Like I think Blondage was like the last big US duo that I could think of. I'm like, do you want to choreograph some shows? And let's just see if people are interested in what we're doing. She's like, yeah, I'd love that. She's like, you know, she was a new, a newcomer. So the thought of maybe being on stage with me also made her feel a bit more secure. Not so scary, but we also had just such a great chemistry. And so we started choreographing shows and then I started to post our videos online and people took note and they, not just the moves that we were doing, but just the energy as well that we have together and that we, you know, the essence that we are transcending. So, or transmuting, I should say. And then people started to contact me and say, we're totally interested in booking you. Uh, How can we get this done? How many shows do you guys have? Blah, blah, blah. And then the business started and then it just, it, the momentum and started to snowball and word of mouth. So now like, I mean, we are the only duo act that's being billed and booked through COVID um, in the United States. That's and, amazing. You know, amazing. Yeah, potentially, potentially in Australia when things are a little bit more calmed down. But uh, yeah, so that's the next, <laughs> that's the next evolution as well. Like, I mean, I still have my own solo feature bookings, but I'm really loving this. And I mean, our ultimate goal is a Las Vegas residency with what we're doing. Yeah. And yeah. so you wanna you definitely want to keep with the dancing. You definitely want to keep with the showgirl stuff. And then wrestling, what's the ultimate goal with that? I'm not sure yet what the ultimate goal with that is going to be, but I'm open to the journey. I do see TV somewhere in there. I am not sure if it will be a reality show or what, but I do see something manifesting but it's all going to be more geared towards tv well and you always kind like of i mean teddy hart does have yeah he does have his netflix show um show coming out and we're going to be a part of that so i mean i just i feel like we're going to be moving in that direction right and it's nice that you can do both things right you've got that absolutely juggle juggle both and that is just a it's so inspiring to me everywhere I, the whole journey that you've taken because it's, it's, you keep evolving. You keep saying, okay, what's next? What's next? How can I make myself unique? How can I be different than the next person? And, and that's just a super inspiring to me. So I'm, I'm happy to know. <laughs> I love you. I but even this, you two, you two are I, the same way though. <laughs> I, I do this rock and rapid fire on every podcast where I, I ask you 10 questions. Super, super fire. Nothing too racy. I know. I'll, I know some of your secrets. I'm not going to share them, but I don't. I don't mind racy. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know some of the answers to these questions, but I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. So okay. rapid, rapid fire. Naked or PJs? I like both. Okay. Depends. Depends <laughs> on the situation. <laughs> it depends. It definitely depends. You know what? Like I like naked, but I also like to be cozy. So if I'm, I'm feeling a bit chilly, then I might need to wear, you know, perfume. <laughs> <laughs> Wine or coffee? Coffee. You're not a big drinker. You never have been a big drinker. No, not at all. I try. I try to corrupt. But <laughs> 
you have tried to corrupt, but yeah, like, I mean, time without it. <laughs> I'm exactly. And, and, you know, like I might a couple times a year, it's all or nothing. I'm not a social drinker. So it'll be like, you know, Jack Daniels, <laughs> 10 shots. I'm in, that's it. Bad, twice bad twice a year. <laughs> exactly. Celebrity crush. Oh, geez. I don't have one. No. I know I'm boring. When no, it comes you to don't. Celebrities. You know what? I've just met. I've just met many, and I'm just like, uh, yeah. I kind of know. I for me, yeah. It's a, like a soul connection. There isn't yeah. somebody that I just see that I'm just like, oh yeah, I love like that guy. Well, and usually it's a bit of a letdown too, right? You have them built up in your head because of the character they played, or and then you meet them, and you're like, well, that kind of fell flat, like. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. not that good in bed like he has no personality right like it <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent yes I'm just like oh or they're, or they're just you know like I mean you know what I guess I have a deeper level of understanding because you know when it comes to celebrity status you do have so many people that are using you for ulterior motives so I can appreciate why certain people would have walls up or not be nice people but at the same time, I'm like, I'm still a nice person to everybody. So, you genuine, know, genuine, raw, real you, but that's you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Favorite superhero. Oh, geez. These are tough. I do love Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, you good show though. You have a really good show. Your Batman show. Do you still do that one? Uh, absolutely. I just evolved it as talking about evolution. Um, yeah. So I have my Batman show, but now I've evolved it with Tylee where she's, poison ivy and then we even have another um i have our acro coach who is the joker so we have something that we're putting together that's pretty wild oh that sounds yeah where word that you use the most fuck (laughs) sometimes i use cunt you know just to get oh yeah you are one of those people that uses the c word right like you're not afraid see see you next tuesday well you know what i think australia brought that up in me (laughs) yeah and it's your environment depending on where you be where you are because i have some australian friends that use it it, like it's just a normal word in everything well it is it is a normal word to australia like actually it's a positive word when they call you a fucking cunt they think that you're awesome The positive spin on it, right? The pos- exactly. It's always the positive spin with me. Favorite favorite color? Turquoise. Mm, yes, you always love that. Last yes. last film you watched? Um, oh, the Gambit. I think I can't remember. It's the Gambler one on Netflix. Okay. I can't remember. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a good one. Lots of good ones on that book. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm usually a sci-fi thriller kind of person, but I saw that movie. That it's about chess playing, but it's very well done. So I really liked it. Favorite body part of your on yourself. Your favorite body. Part. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite body part. Best chest in the West. <laughs> <laughs> eyes I was gonna keep it clean and say your eyes you have very beautiful eyes <laughs> but you have a nice chest well thank jeepers creepers where'd you get those beepers 
three words, three words describe your best gift. In three words, geez, passionate, animalistic, juicy. Oh yeah, the juicy word. <laughs> One thing in your life. I could have said moist, but I didn't moist. want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, I just said that. That's a big word. Yeah, I just that's a big word down here right now. A, a Facebook live <laughs> earlier this morning, and I said we're going to say juicy. Where it's going to be juicy and it's going to be moist today. <laughs> one one thing you can't live without my dogs. Mm, I love your dogs. You have three dogs, right? Yeah. Oh, I have two that are with me. My um, and my third is in Vancouver. But they go. Your little ones go everywhere with you. They do. They come everywhere. They're they're my antidepressants for sure. Well, when you're on your own and you're traveling so much, you still have that companion, like the two that rely on you and they're happy to see you when you come back to the room and it's, it's just your love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And where can people find you? So what are your handles where if, if someone's looking, I know you don't do a lot of mentoring anymore because you used to mentor a lot of new up and coming showgirls but you're busy and you don't do that anymore. But if people want to find you, they want to follow you, they want to see what's next for you, where can they find you? Okay, I have many. So I have janinejericho.com, which is my website. And then I have Janine Jericho, which is my dancer Instagram. Jericho Fitness is my fitness Instagram. Diary of a Dancer is the behind the scenes of my dancing. Fire and Ice is the duo. <laughs> and then Facebook, you can find me as Jericho Green or Green Jericho. And see that right there sums up the fact that when someone says to me, she's just a stripper, <laughs> I can sit back and go, okay, seriously, the roster of shit that you've done, babe, is so inspiring to me. It should be inspiring to other young women who are thinking about getting into this industry that you started in that used to have a bit of a stigma against it and i don't i think we've come into a an era now where sexuality is embraced a lot more than it used to be and i really hope that young women are empowered and inspired by someone like you who has done such great things do you remember when I first met you 13 years ago, the very first thing I ever said to you when I met you, we met upstairs in a gym and you were just very, I really want to do a fitness competition. And I got to know you a little bit. Do you remember what I said to you? Um, I remember you said I had good shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but I said to you, you are going to be a superstar. And I think all you did through, say that I all through knowing you and, and we've become the best of friends. Yes. We started as a coaching, but I, I, I refer to you as my, my bestie, my friend Jericho. And I still, to this day believe you will be a superstar and you have been, I still don't think you're at your sky's the limit. I think that there's still, I, I, yeah, I agree. I don't feel like I'm at my peak yet, but I do feel the momentum. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm super excited for you. And I love you. And thank you for coming on here. I love you so much. You have been my anchor and my rock and have always believed in me. And you have demonstrated like what it is to have like a real, true, authentic gem of a friend, because you have been with me through all of my journeys. Like 
with everything that I say, like you've been with me when I went through, you know, my massive heartbreak. You've been through with me, like when I changed from the socially accepted gym manager to dancer. I mean, without, without question, without hesitation, just like, oh yeah, well, I'm here for you no matter what you decide to do because of your heart and soul. And that to me just speaks volumes in your own character. And I'm so blessed and honored to have you in my tribe. Oh, I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> strong women. And I mean, I'm very selective with my circle as you are as well. And I feel like the besties that I have and the friends that I have are very special people. If you look at my very close circle and you are one of them, and I'm just so proud of you. And I can't wait to see you on television. And I can't wait to be at a wrestling event, cheering you on next to the ring, seeing you getting body slammed or body slamming someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And more than anything, I can't wait to hear what's next because it never shocks me and it always inspires me. So thank you. I love you. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, friends. If you want more tips and tricks on rocking your life and rocking your body, be sure to check out my website, lorimork.com or follow me on Instagram at lori.mork. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we're going to release new episodes with down and dirty topics, some wicked guests, more badassery, and just have a kick-ass time together. And if anyone has a problem with it, they can kiss my curvy assets.